Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. DJ LeMayhew and his agent are ecstatic this morning as heavy hitter just came into the market with deep pockets. Thanks, Robinson Cano. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. As excited as we just got as Braves fans to see Robinson Cano get suspended, that's just $25 more million that the Mets have to spend this offseason. That team is going to be like, Washington Redskins late 90s loaded. Will the, will the winds actually follow? Tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living, barely getting by. It's all taking and no giving, they just use your mind and they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey, howdy, hi, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great, other than thinking about how uh, the 2021 Mets will look like a version of MLB the show. <laughs> uh, the uh, 2021 Mets, I I wonder if they'll go all in, right? Will they, because with them not having a, a true front office yet, with it all being set up, going into the winter meetings, it's actually only, it's only a couple of weeks away, y'all. I wonder how aggressive they'll be. I do think they're going to make a couple of splashes because... The owner himself is going to want to make some kind of a a mark. He does not want to go through a season of losing. So I I do expect at least two big moves. But with losing Cano, man, that could be three or four big moves that they could make. My best guess right now is going to be that LeMayu obviously gets a big deal. They say he wants to stay with the Yankees, but I think at the time they were talking about that, I don't think he thought the, the Mets were an option. Now they very much become the option. Now, the Mets do have Jeff McNeil that they can slide back to second base, which means they could be going all, all in on outfield. Not good for Atlanta Braves fans. No, Azuna money just got dumped in their lap. Exactly. Uh, Marcelo Zuna is going to be a hot commodity for the Mets, and I don't think we're going to know who he signs with for quite a while unless one of them gives him some kind of an ultimatum which I don't expect to happen. I, I, I think we're going to see this thing extend out throughout the entire spring, which is going to be really, really nerve-wracking and maddening if you're a Braves fan. If you're a Mets fan, 
The other thing would be, uh, I I really think that they're going to go hard after Bauer. Remember, y'all, they don't have Syndergaard. Uh, he had the, the the Tommy John surgery, and I don't know when he's going to come back. There was conflicting reports last year when this all went down when he could come back, but it didn't sound like he would be much of. If he did help the Mets out, it would be late in the season. So, so I think they're going to. And as, as scary as that sounds, that you would add Trevor Bauer to Degrom. To remember, Strowman uh, signed back in, and the rest of the Mets pitching staff is kind of put together, kind of patchwork. But that would be a hell of a combo right there. Um, and then, of course, the big the big ticket guy that everyone's been thinking is is an automatic Met who remains to be seen is George Springer. If they signed George Springer. Maybe that eliminates their need for the best case scenario. If you're a brave, if you really want Ozuna back, would be for them to get George Springer and Lemayhew because that would have your second baseman and that would have your outfielder. And obviously, Springer's a much better overall player than Ozuna. Ozuna is just a DH essentially. That would be the good news. The bad news is they would have LeMayhew and they would have Springer. So I, I don't know what the hell, you know, should 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 the Braves try to pull the okie doke and go after Springer, right? So uh, there's a lot to deal with. But the, but the Justin, how the hell do you get busted again after being suspended for 80 games, knowing your next one is going to cost you 162? He's 38 years old. I think that puts a fork in him. I think this was his last year of his career, of his contract. If he comes back when he's 39. I think there was two years left on his deal. Was there two? Uh, okay. I believe there was two. Uh, I think Seattle's still on the hook for about seven and a half, I read. and uh, But, yeah, he forfeits the whole 24. But, yeah, I think it's career ending probably done. And, I mean, you're going to have to have an asterisk by his name. I just can't help but to sit back and chuckle and think, man, what if Carlos Beltran would have got in there? And uh, we would have had TVs and PEDs. I mean, what could he have done this season? <laughs> I, they were already video game like numbers. Yeah, they I were, mean, and they really, and it's it's really dumbfounding that uh, with all the problems the Mets had last year, that they could be a World Series favorite going in, into twenty twenty one if they if, if they play their cards right. But I th- honestly think if I'm a Mets fan, I'm jumping up for joy. Oh, Robinson, I would be, Robinson and I'm, I'm looking for Bauer, and then it's it, it's on. It's a lock. My, my excitement is to uncontrollable levels at that point. Robinson Cano had seen his better days. Going into last year, it was funny to see the National Pundits talk about how, how he was a part of this incredible Mets offense. Well, he, he had a decent year, but he's also 37 years old, right? 38 now. Um... There's no way in hell he he would have been able to duplicate that. It may, it may maybe that's why he had to take the PEDs. I don't know. You never know if it was an injury or if it was actually you know, he he never really looks. Robinson Cano does not come off to me as some kind of Adonis. So I don't know if it's got to do with him trying to fight injuries. I don't know. But regardless, 
he didn't learn his damn lesson, and now he, for all intents and purposes, his career is done. If he was wasn't eighteen, his last one, but was that the season he was suspended in uh, Seattle? I think so. You know, the year it, of the trade, it, it happened in the same. Uh, I believe it was the same it year. Hasn't because- has, it hasn't had. It, it hasn't been that long ago. I believe it was 2018. I'll say it was 2018, and then the trade went down to the Mets because I remember I can't think of the prospect the Mets gave up to uh, get him, but it really didn't pan out in 2019. And uh, this year, you were like, well, I don't know. Maybe that Cano trade wasn't so bad. But uh, then when you get this news, you're like, ah. Well, he. Knew something was going on. I believe that was 18 because that was when they got the. Uh, Edwin Diaz trade, and remember that did not turn out well at all. I mean, that was absolutely terrible on all fronts. So, with all that being said, the Mets are going to be very, very aggressive in this offseason, and that hurts other teams that were in in play for other. Look, it hurts Red Sox fans. It hurts Yankee fans. Uh, I think that those are probably the two biggest or. The, Excuse me. The three biggest players this offseason are going to be Yankees, Red Sox, Mets because the Red Sox have a, have opened up a slew of money that they can use. It remains to be seen whether or not they'll be aggressive this offseason, but I don't see why they wouldn't because if if all these uh, COVID vaccines come back into play, the most rabid fans in all of sport is Boston Red Sox baseball fans, and you can make your money up if you can put butts in the seats so i don't see the red sox are not going to do a full-blown rebuild where they just sit in the back corner and suck for three years like the way the cubs did at the early part of the 2010s right they're they're going to try to rebuild and reload at the same time They've got too many good parts to just give up, so I think the Red Sox are big players for guys like Trevor Bauer. Um, Wherever Trevor Bauer ends up, I suspect it's going to be in the Northeast area. It's either going to be Yankees. For some reason, the Yankees don't think they need them. I think they're wrong. Uh, Mets or Red Sox, and I'll never count out the Phillies because they spend money like drunken sailors. I don't know if it's a good idea for Trevor Bauer to be in the New York market, no matter which team it's on. I mean, his personality. Well, I mean, it'll be good and entertaining. I think it'll be more distraction off the field than on the field with with, with that media up there and the way he likes to uh, dibble and dabble in and out of that. He'll be entertaining regardless, but if, if the man wants to get paid, he has to go to the Northeast market. You're not going to get that money from the Kansas City Royals, right? So, with Right. I mean, I, I would be leaning Boston if, if I was looking that way. Not to say that that's not a crazy market, but at least you don't have two teams fighting over each other in the same city. If he wants to put his – Trevor Bauer seems like the type that wants to be in the middle of it. If he, if he wants to put a stamp on his career, you, you sign with the Mets, right? Because if you're a part of the of the original team that t- t- turns the Mets from also Rands to fighting for the King of New York, you can put your name if you can if you pull it off Madison Avenue. You own it. You have a key to it, and and the way he shoots his mouth off, uh, he can be in a million commercials this summer. So I I think the New York. It, is going to be very enticing to him, but it's not like Boston's that far from Madison Avenue. So, um, I, I would say the Phillies are a long shot, but 
I don't see him. I don't see him playing anywhere east of I ninety five. I'll put it that way. Okay, he's he's really? gonna have his address is gonna have to go somewhere east of I ninety five because I ninety five runs all the way up through. See, uh, I think there's a heavy hitter out west that could possibly do it. I don't you, know if they you think they the can, Dodgers. I don't. Uh, no, I'm thinking a little bit farther south, same state, but your Padres. Oh, I thought you. Yeah, but they just they just wasted a lot of money on Clevenger, who's now out for the season. Um, I don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, that's a long shot to me. If he was the to, only one I can think out west that would come into the market and 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 pay to play. Um, well, I'll tell you what. If he wants the to, resources, if he wants to be big time, he goes east. If he if he's just looking to lay low, he goes west. And I don't think he's looking to lay low. If you want to be a part of something out west, go sign with the Angels. But the Angels seem like that they've spent money and money and money, and I don't know how much money they've got going into this year. I haven't really done a deep dive yet. That's usually what I do come the um, winter meetings. But it seems like that they would have some money freed up because I can't think of any big, big ticket guys they have except uh, third base and outfield right now. They don't have a big time. And they've been rumored many years of trying to sign big time starting pitching. So I would say it's a better chance that he ends up with the Angels. But I think Trevor Bauer ends up East. I just do. He just seems like a guy that's that wants to be in that kind of a market. Now, if he if he wants to go play for the Padres and play for second place in the division for the next several years, have at it. But if you want to be a real player, I think you have to go East. I don't think the Padres are second out there. I think if their rotation stayed heavy, we, we would have saw something different this season. You, I give them a chance. Not to win the division. They might be able to make noise once they make the playoffs because it looks like they're letting everybody in like it's an NBA uh, tournament or something. But uh, I, over the long haul, the next five years, the Dodgers will win that division at least three or four times, at least, if not all five. They're just – they're that loaded and they're that good in the front office, and they're not an aging team that's just falling apart. They're you know, you know the Dodgers aren't the Cubs, right? The, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Can Trevor Bauer and Theo Epstein go both play with the Angels? Can 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 you know can that happen? Can they be the darlings of Los Angeles? I just want to see Trout in the playoffs, so maybe. He might have to learn how to pitch. Uh, we're we're going to be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. We come back. It's college football. And uh, Mike, <laughs> I got a feeling that Mike tried to just heard that and said, hold my beer. We'll be back in a flash on the Armchair Quarterbacks. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? No, I've got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. It's just it's not worth it. It's not. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. Armchair Quarterback Radio. We cover the world of baseball from start to finish. Bayerga is 0 for 3. Left center field. Grissom on the run. The team of the 90s has its world championship. A liner off Nagy's glove into center field. The Florida Marlins have won the World Series. Brocious fittingly with a throw. The Yankees have done it again. Number 20. 
Legends of Baseball in 1998. Chance of a lifetime for Luis Gonzalez. 2-2, bottom of the ninth, game seven of the World Series. Bases loaded. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs. Armchair. Anyone got a stapler? Got a lot of forms, and there's a slight reason here. Because paperwork is dramatic. Catch it Thursdays on Weasel before it catches you. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. If dating is the game, then marriage is winning the game. Yeah, if you're playing in the women's league. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. We cover the whole SEC all season long. A first and goal. Franks. Jump pass. Hello, Tebow. From going deep. High arcing shot. It is hard in. Terry Godwin. And he stays up. Godwin dances into the end zone. 75 yards. Talk about Lola flushed out of the pocket. He'll run with it. He's got the first down and more. Still on the run. He is gone. Touchdown, Alabama. Second down and 10. Garantano. It's a race to the end zone, and he wins it. 42 yards. Touchdown, Tennessee. What a great. This is Armchair. You wouldn't believe how many guys wanted to play here. We had to beat them off with a stick. Ty Cobb wanted to play. None of us could stand a son of a when we were alive, so we told him to stick it. <laughs> Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks as we are riding shotgun with you here on uh, CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and Facebook Live. Hope you have found us on Facebook Live. Uh, it's Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show on Facebook Live. Uh, Justin, have you, by the way, have you noticed that Twitter now has like a story thing now for, uh, you know, just like the Facebook story type of thing? Have you caught that same thing? Uh, did you freeze up on me again? Uh, are you there? Now you're muted. Did you mute yourself? I'm good, buddy. All right. Froze up on you there for a moment. All right, did you hear what I said? Have you noticed no. that? Have you noticed that Twitter uh, has started this? It's basically like a Facebook story. I woke up to this morning. It threw me off because I was like, "What the hell am I looking at?" I see all these people that uh, I follow that are across the board. You, you know, they, they have the little icons at the top of the app, and you're going across, and you you open it, and, and it basically looks like. Facebook and Twitter have, have uh, merged together. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I like it or not. I thought it was going to be something cooler. You know what I thought it was going to be? I thought you were going to be able to hit that and go directly to their last several tweets, which would be awesome. 
I think I think Twitter's missing the boat on that because I don't go to Facebook, excuse me, Twitter to to give two craps about your stories. I go to Twitter to constantly scroll through to find news feeds. It would be awesome. Like if you found like if there was an NFL writer that you follow, I'll, I'll use Adam Schefter as an example, and you wanted to see what he's tweeted for the last five or six times, that would be awesome to just see them all lined up. And I opened someone's up. It might have been his, and it's some stupid, goofy video that, that he's posted. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Oh, man. Because anytime, yeah. anytime we post stuff to our stories, I, I try to be informative of it on Facebook. I'm, I'll do the same thing with Twitter, but I'm – I got a feeling most of the people I'm going to follow is going to do stuff like, you know, them playing with their dog and rewinding the video and starting it, rewind the video and starting it like a Snapchat thing going on, thinking they're cute. I'm like, oh, thanks for wasting that part of my life. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't noticed. Uh, I had him get off my lawn moment a few weeks back, and uh, I think I deleted both of them. It was a social dilemma. If you haven't seen it, amazing movie um, documentary. Uh, yeah, I've before. seen it. I'm not check gonna, it out. I'm, I've seen it. I, I'm not going to go kooky dukes like you and you, you start deleting everything and start you know thinking the government's watching me or whatever. But it was a, it was an an interesting take on on people that that used to work for different social media outlets. Um, there's some validity to it, but it's also some some uh, really out out there outlandish junk in there too that could d definitely be disproven but yeah it's it's entertaining if if nothing else um i still like to give it give my wife a hard time she didn't watch it with me so every time i see her on her phone I'll, i call her social dilemma <laughs> she's like quit, quit calling me that i'm like <laughs> i was like well i was like watch the movie and then you'll understand what i'm saying because she lives on her phone Right. Yeah, I mean, there's just a, if you live on your what you're phone, saying with the narratives there, but there there are. I mean, and it's just journalism and, and the media and the world we live yeah. in. There there are narratives. Well, since that are we're on Facebook Live, we're not going to give that any, any kind of credit uh, to you and your tinfoil hat theories. Uh, it's not we, tinfoil. We want people to continue to uh, watch us on Facebook Live. There, baby boy. Uh, anyways, um, we'll move on from that college football. Uh, we will uh, get into their. There, uh, I think there's some pretty interesting lines. I don't know how how big of a deep of a dive you do you've done. We normally do our picks on on Friday, but Thursday is usually a good time to start getting an idea of what's going on. By the way, there is a college football game tonight. Tulane getting seven at Tulsa. Justin might be able to tell you something about that, but I have I'm not putting any money on something. I have nothing. No, no idea what to expect. I don't know if you've been paying it because I noticed that you said you've been playing a lot of the over unders in midweeks. I don't know if you've done much Tulsa Tulane following. I have not. Uh, I'll look at it through the day, do a little alert, but uh, nothing, nothing really jumping out at me. But yeah, there's some huge ones this weekend. I'm excited. We got a great uh, Thursday night game. We'll talk about later. NFL. Yes. Sorry, my yes. bad. Yeah, that's the one I'm more focused on, and, and yeah. there's a line that I really like on that one. Uh, but college football, we will keep it on there for the minute. Tomorrow night, there's actually two decent college football matchups. I don't know if they're going to be great games, but the point spreads are interesting. Syracuse is getting 18 at Louisville. That seems a little high to me. And Purdue giving up three to Minnesota. And I'm going to be honest with you, Justin, I don't think that's enough. I think Minnesota is a dumpster fire this year. 
I think it's because they lost a lot of players, and Purdue's actually a pretty good football team. I don't know what your thought on that is, if you've watched much Purdue, but they you know, they went toe-to-toe with Northwestern. Northwestern's playing pretty good. I know it sounds weird. Northwestern-Purdue, a big college football matchup. I actually watched the full replay on the – I wish they did this on the SEC network, Justin. They don't. They only do it like if it's off season or whatever. But the Big Ten has started this thing called Big Ten and Sixty, and they replay every Big Ten game from the weekend before on a sixty-minute loop where you all you see is the action of the game. You don't see the interruptions of guy got tackled. Now there's thirty to forty-five seconds before they snap the ball again. So you're just seeing play after play after play. And I wish they did that for the SEC network and for the ACC, for that matter, because you don't get a chance to watch every single game when you're in in the moment, right? I might have three or four games going, but I, it's physically impossible to watch three football games at the same time. I try to absorb as much as I can, but you, but you can't watch the whole damn thing. So uh, I've been watching the Big Ten replays during the week when there isn't a lot else on and, and I have a television that's muted and I just kind of, you know, get caught up with it. Cause I try to get them crammed in before the Wednesday show when I, uh, have a Sean on in case there's something that I specifically want to, you know, point out that I saw, but, um, I really wish the sec would jump on that. Cause they have some junk on at nighttime that you're just never going to watch. And I really wish they would do these sec and 60. I, I know. I know. The last few weeks would have been impossible because you're like, dude. If we do that, we're gonna have like three games, and then what do we do with the rest of the night? <laughs> <laughs> Can we do SEC in ninety to kind of stretch it out a little bit? But uh, you see, Texas A and M is shutting their game down because of one COVID test. This is asinine. I'm all for keeping people safe, but how are you going to navigate through a season when one person caused quote unquote contact tracing? And and the, and then they're using this thing with injuries and contact tracing. We can't play a game, dude. Injuries are part of the game. Don't start telling me that we can't play unless everyone's on one hundred percent. I mean, if it's one, I don't know what's the difference in someone having. I'm not comparing the two, but like any other season, when someone has strep throat or the flu or something, you pull them out, you limit their exposure, make sure nobody else has got it, and if you're doing your testing throughout the week. I don't, I don't understand full-blown shutting it down over one. I mean, obviously, you want to have your retest to make sure you, you, you haven't had any more, but uh, apparently they must think there was enough exposure that they're about to get more is the only thing I can figure out that they're not telling us. I, I, there's no other reason to shut down after one. I agree. Uh, I, I don't understand it myself. Um, so I would assume over the next few days we're going to see higher numbers trickle in. <sighs> I, regardless, you're not going to get these games in. We're running out of weeks. The simple fact of the matter is we're, we are running out of weeks. So I don't know how in the hell you 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 even pull this off at you know at this point. Um. Anyways, moving on from that, what other uh, spreads do you like so far? Uh, first one I like, uh, or the main one I like, is I like Indiana uh, plus twenty and a half. I'd like to see that grow another half a point uh, to a full point, but uh, I'm happy, and I took it at uh, 20 and a half. And if you're feeling really good about it, which I'm not because it's in Columbus, it's plus 600 on the money line if Indiana could pull it off. 
But uh, I, I like Indiana on the points. I think Ohio State will probably get it later. Uh, I think being at home uh, is going to be to their advantage, and uh, they'll get settled into that game. But I think Indiana will give them a game and uh, definitely stay within the points. Yeah, I don't uh, – I like I, I like them in the, with the points, taking them on the money line. You know, at a plus 20 and a half, I kind of feel like the money line should be bigger, I guess is my point. Uh, so I have a hard time taking them on the money line, but I do like the 20 and a half that, that one jumped out at me. It's almost to the point where you think they're cutting that. This is a trick, right? It's like, why in the hell is it only, is it 20 and a half when, when, when these two teams are undefeated and these two teams are probably the two best teams in, well, remains to be seen about Wisconsin cause they haven't played a big time opponent, but they might they might be the two best teams in the Big Ten. Why is it a twenty and a half disparity? And the other thing that jumps out at me too, Justin, is the fact that it's a noon kickoff, and you normally get a slow start from teams in noon kickoff. So, getting a big spread on your side to me is just a huge advantage going forward from that. The other lines that I like, um, you know, at some point, Penn State has to get up off the mat. They're getting to. Well, now it's up to three. They're getting three against Iowa. It's at Penn State. I get that Iowa played pretty well last week, but you I mean, don't you just figure Penn State's due? This is Penn State and they're winless. I just figure they've got to be due. Getting a field goal, I would be I would tend to to uh to take the Nittany Lions plus the three. If you if you could get it, it's it's gone from two and a half to three. If you can get that thing up to to three and a half, four at kickoff, I would definitely jump on it. I like it. The only problem is uh, Iowa seemed to uh, get their offense roll in the past two weeks. I mean, they put up 49 against Michigan State, and they put up 35 on uh, Minnesota, and they only allowed seven each. I, I don't know where the Penn State that I've seen on the field so far this year stops that boat race. Um, but Minnesota has looked terrible. I mean, their defense I agreed. Uh, but still, my point is, in the past two weeks, Iowa's gotten the offense rolling. It's not looking good for that Penn State defense. It's, Hopefully, they can they can keep they can find something offensively to keep it in a shootout. It's not a, one of my more favorite picks, but it's to to me the whole thing's interesting, right? Uh, I would want to see where that thing lands. If it gets closer to a pick 'em, I'm jumping on Iowa. But I just feel like that game's going to be fairly close, like a 24-21 type of ball game. And I would lean on Penn State. A little. What, what the hell is Penn State Iowa doing the three thirty game? By the way, when the Nittany Lions, I'm excuse me, the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers are noon. Why is that not the game of the week? Either three thirty ABC type of game or the seven o'clock game at night, or I'm sorry, seven thirty eight o'clock. Are they trying to sell us? I, I don't have the. I don't have it in front of me as far as what what stations these are on, but I'm assuming that Oklahoma State and Oklahoma is being sold to us as the game of the week for ABC. It is. Who the hell cares about that? Com compared to Indiana, Ohio State? I Maybe I'm missing the boat somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't understand that one either. Um, I honestly thought, until you just mentioned it, I didn't even look at the times, even though I've... 
put a little skin on it. Uh, I, I, I have no idea why that wouldn't be. That just was an automatic assumption that uh, Buckeyes Hoosiers would when be you, the. Uh, when you mentioned the game on Friday, I'm excuse me on Monday. I just assumed it, it was the ABC uh, night game. I just I didn't even look. I was like I was like man, that, that's, finally something good to watch Saturday night. And then you're gonna roll in here, and, and this and th- this is what you have to choose from from seven thirty on Mississippi State Georgia, uh, Missouri South Carolina, Liberty Flames at NC State. That might be the best one, and then Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. And I cannot get less interested in in the late games, uh, Michigan at. Rutgers, USC at Utah, those games have. I have there's nothing there that, that wakes me up on that. Can I interest you any in that uh, Mississippi State plus twenty five? I'm interested any on that to a degree, but Mississippi State's offense has struggled mightily, and I feel like that Georgia defense is going to uh, have something to prove, so to speak, this week. So I, I'd be a little hesitant on that. If I'm doing that, I'm under the assumption that Georgia's not going to score much. Because the way they have the line set up, they're expecting Georgia to win somewhere around 34 to 10. I'd probably be more interested in hitting Mississippi State on the on the team total. The team total is 10. I would feel better about hitting the team total than I would covering with the 25 and a half or 24 and a half, right? Because I think Georgia can put up some points on Mississippi State's defense. You could probably sneak in the back door. Uh, speaking of team totals that I'm interested in, so Florida State's quarterback situation, uh, Chubba Purdy's now out for the season, so it just keeps getting better in Hassie. I mean, this is just the gift that keeps on giving. But they have named Jordan Travis as the starter. Florida State has no shot in, in keeping that game competitive, but the team total there is only 14 points. And remember last – was it last month – when I hit the uh, team total with Syracuse with with Clemson, and it was around fourteen, and, Cle- and Syracuse scored like twenty four, I could see Florida State getting seventeen to twenty one points, and nothing else in garbage time. But Jordan Travis is not a terrible college quarterback; he's okay, and so I could I actually think they have a better chance of scoring with them. They have no chance of winning because they're not going to be able to stop Clemson's offense. Thirty five and a half may not be enough. I mean, that could be an absolute that that could be a a Georgia Tech type of score where they go in and lay 70, Trevor Lawrence coming back for the first time. and But at the same token, at some point, you're going to start putting your backups in. 14 is a low total for a college football game. One turnover on your side of the field, and your defense has to almost pitch, pitch a shutout the rest of the game to keep it down to 14. Whoo, Kentucky's getting 30 and a half at Bama. Woo! But their offense is so bad, I I, I might lay that. <laughs> Kentucky's over team total is 14. I don't see them scoring 14 against Alabama. Because Alabama just doesn't Alabama doesn't know the meaning of of uh chill out. Right? They just keep hammering you with four star after five star after four star athletes. What about um what about the Pittsburgh Virginia Tech game? Pittsburgh's getting three at home. 
against Virginia Tech. I am not impressed by not that not that Pittsburgh has reinvented the wheel, but I am not impressed by that quarterback of Virginia Tech. I don't know if you watched any of the game against Miami last week. That quarterback of Virginia Tech, he's you know what it reminded me of, Justin? Is if the Chicago Bears would have made Cordell Patterson or Cordell Cordero Patterson, their quarterback last week, which might have been a better job. He might have done a better job. But anyways, the guy doesn't look like a quarterback. He's he's a big, you know, physical, lanky guy. But every big play that he made was with his legs. And that Pittsburgh defense is pretty darn good. I I think Pittsburgh's going to win that game. And it's in Pitt. It's four o'clock. It'll be the sun will be going down there. Um, they probably don't have fans in those stands either. It's uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, speaking of left loons, and this adds to what we were talking about yesterday when y'all told me not to say stuff, bad stuff about Whitmer. Did you see what she did? Uh, the the governor of Michigan, did you see what she did uh, yesterday as an ordinance? She, no. she uh, commanded that all state flags in the or i'm sorry all american flags as well in the state at state buildings right so we're talking about the courthouse etc cetera, etc cetera. she can't come into your yard well not yet but she's not coming into your yard and telling you to do it that they are put at half staff for the coronavirus that is one of the biggest slaps in the face to anyone who's ever been involved in the military Half staff for the coronavirus. That is usually only used. The half staff is for for people who are not aware of this. Half staff is usually only used for the American flag for someone of of a high power in the U.S. government or military loss of life. So, for instance, when JFK was assassinated, every American flag was at half staff that entire week, right? You don't put it up for a for a virus. I cannot believe that they're not more outraged up there. One of the guys that follows the show put it up yesterday on Facebook because he lives in Michigan and he's a current military. He actually just came back from overseas and he was irate. And I, you know, my, my question to him was a meal. I was like, well, how long is it going to? How long has she put it up there? He said indefinitely, and of course, the next thing was obvious. He said, uh, "It doesn't matter. It's that's that's not what it's used for, anyways." I said, "No, I get that. I'm just curious. Like, you know, did she say do it for one day, or did she say it, the the state? I'm sorry, I keep saying state, the national flag to be at half staff until further notice over the coronavirus." So what you have to wait till the coronavirus is abolished. So what happens when something terrible happens to one of our you know, to military personnel, or you know, let's just say I, I don't even want to venture what could happen to one of our leaders, but 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 something happens to them, it loses all meaning because the damn thing's been at half staff for 188 days or whatever, right? I just I cannot believe. Everyone always points to California being locked down loons, but 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 Whitmer is just as bad. Short drive down to the mid-state area here in Tennessee, and uh, no state tax if uh, any of y'all looking to relocate. 
I'm all for uh, driving up property values around me, so come on down. Speaking of that, the mass exodus that's going on in New York State, and did you see that Cuomo uh, approved a $25,000 a year raise for himself? (laughs) Awesome. You You can't even make this stuff up. This guy had the worst record, the worst track record for the coronavirus period this year. He killed off how many seniors, right? Well, I won't get into that whole thing. But he, but anyways, a terrible job but from him across the board. And he gives himself, man, you, dude, you've got to, this has to be the year you say, I don't, I don't take a raise. Not just because I did a terrible job, but because we are hemorrhaging money and I've caused a mass exodus in the state. He's going to blame it all on, on the governor, excuse me, the mayor of New York. But my God. Because someone takes some responsibility around there. And what's $25,000 going to do to him? Probably not much, right? So it, it, it would be an act of goodwill, and, it, and that probably would have hit the, the circuits, and people would say, look how great of a guy he is. Instead, he's he went for the money grab. It's just a weekend vacation, Mac. Yeah. That's all he got. <laughs> $25,000 for you or I would be like, you know what? I'll take the heat. <laughs> <laughs> But for him, you know, like Snell, I'm out here risking my life, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I get the Rona, if I get the Rona, then what happens? I'm taking, I'm, I got to get mine, but, (laughs) but I mean, come on, you gotta be kidding me with this. Uh, uh, let's take a really quick 60 second break. When we come back, we'll do the NFL. I, I kind of rambled on about the the loons that are, but uh, I had to get that off my chest because I saw this stuff. I'm like, I'm like, I, it's it's like a really bad horror movie. That that's the sound of Nyquil Severe hard at work. Nyquil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is. Learn how to play the acoustic guitar and I guess get a puka shell necklace. Do a makeup tutorial but realize halfway contouring is hard and you're beautiful just as you are. Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats, produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. Even though I hate to admit it, sometimes I smoke cigarettes. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks as we're riding shotgun with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Justin, uh, going into the NFL real quick, let's jump on the uh, on tonight's game and then we'll, we'll go to any uh, lines that you uh, have your eye on. Uh, the Seattle say, uh, Arizona game. By the way, I haven't been this excited about a Thursday night game that didn't involve a team that I pulled for in a long time. I think this is going to be an incredible game. Um, once again, I wish the damn thing started earlier, but it is what it is. Uh, it's Arizona's getting a field goal. That's ah, it's moved up. Yesterday, the team total was twenty six and a half 
for Arizona, and I jumped on it. It's it's now twenty seven and a half. So that's I don't know who's going to win this game, but I feel like Arizona's going to get four touchdowns. That's my point of the of of all the things that I liked on this. That's what I liked the most was the Arizona team total because going against that Seattle defense, I mean, just rolling out of bed, you're going to get thirteen points, right? So, what do you like in this game, or do you just not like any of it? Am I smoking the the hookah? I don't know about the totals in this one. I'm worried about if the Seahawks defense actually decides to want to play football tonight. Um, I'm leaning the points with the Cardinals, taking the plus three. Um, I just think they've got the better defense. I think it'll show up even though I know it's in Seattle. So I'm going to lean that way because I think the offenses are uh, 1A, 1B. I think they neutralize each other and tit for tat. I think Arizona will get more stops. And coming down to that, I'm going to take Arizona on the points. Yeah. Now, I, Legion of Doom's going to show up tonight and pitch a shutout. But uh, I just don't think it's going to happen because if they had fans, I would be worried, right? Because yeah. that's what makes Seattle so hard to beat, to beat on the road is that you, you can't hear yourself think. And considering how that last game ended where they could not stop Kyler Murray, I expect more of the same. Not that I expect the Arizona defense to be locked down on Seattle either. So it, it, if I was going to lean one way or the other, I, I would take Arizona plus three. I would like to see if it goes up a little bit closer to kickoff to see if you can, if I can get a hook at least at three and a half. Uh, I think last I think the last game they played came to Arizona. I think Arizona won by three. For some reason, 37-34 is in my head, but it was somewhere in that. I know, I know it was high scoring. The uh, Now, sometimes what happens when teams see each other for the second time, defenses adjust, and then you get a much low-scoring game. But I, I have not seen Arizona or Seattle play any kind of shutdown defense, so that's why. That's what I'm, I'm going on is the, is the Arizona – us uh, 27 and a half and i'm so torn in this because i'm really starting to become a big fan of kyler murray but russell wilson's my boy and i it's it, i'm so torn on this game i just want to see a really exciting game also becoming a bigger I, I know you are too a bigger and bigger fan of dk metcalf with every single game that he plays it's just unbelievable what that guy's the sky's gonna be for the limit for that guy if he doesn't let himself get too bulky and slow down right that that gift that still is still circulating of him running the defensive back from behind. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a human being ran down by a cheetah. I mean, that was like it's it's a, and he's just flying. And what, what cracks me up the most is he's like three to four inches taller than everyone he's out running. So the guys that you all, you know, grow up as a kid, we always had this little fast kid at school you couldn't catch, right? Or that was blowing you out. The, but it was never the big tall kid that was just, you know, being able to just. I mean, he is just. Hell, they were all the kids at school I couldn't catch. I mean, well, I wasn't just one fast kid. <laughs> well, when I was really young, I was the fastest kid in school, and then as I got older, I, that was not the case. But I had that dream once. Somewhere. Never done it. <laughs> Somewhere I've got those. Remember when when they'd have the what the hell was that called? I I, I want to call it recess day. That's not what it was called. But were you field day? Field day, yeah, yeah. It was basically like the Olympics. I won every blue uh, 
blue ribbon as far as I, I don't know what y'all got, but we got blue ribbon, red ribbon, and, and then gold ribbon was like for bronze. But I, I want every blue ribbon for speed. And then, but that was very early. By the time I hit like seventh, eighth grade, uh, I, I started putting on the LBs. I was like, well, I, I better learn to get my butt down in the grass a little farther down and you know, try to take someone out. And then I, uh, I knocked. I just say I liked science and I started collecting matter. And then, you know, can't defy gravity. I got so on the wrong. Got a good collection built. I got on the wrong side of history when I took out our best player in practice. It was accidental. I went diving at him. He's tailback, and I went diving at him. And I don't re- still to this day. I, I don't know if he jerked one way and I went the other, or if it was just the way I laid out. But it was I. I tore his damn ACL. Okay, and that was the end of it for him. But that was also the end of it for me because that coach did not like number forty six <laughs> McGee after that. After that, forty six was just. <laughs> Go go run laps. Go run laps. I was like, man, I get the hell out of this season. It's over. I'm done with this junk. Because that guy, w- w- uh, and he was the assistant on the junior team. He was the head coach at the high school team. I was like, this is not going to work out. Man. This guy hates me. And so that's the end of that. <laughs> Never injure the best player on your team in practice. It doesn't turn out well, no matter what you think. No matter how, how unliked he is on the rest of the squad, because no one liked the kid. Because he didn't practice, he, he just he was he was that talented, right? So he would just sit up on the I remember he would sit up on the pickup truck, and you know basically you'd bark out orders to us running and whatnot. So everybody hated the kid, but I was not honestly trying to hurt the guy. I was just trying to stop him because he was that fast. I was just hell. I think my eyes were closed. I just blindly <laughs> went, "Whoa, God, he's gonna bring, he's going again!" And somehow I heard a, you know, what is that? And get the stretcher, McKay. Run the laps. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a. <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from that. Uh, other NFL lines that you're get your eye oh, on? There's two. There's two I'll on tell you one that everyone would be, needs to be worried about. I heard like 30 minutes of this yesterday. I had an appointment. I was driving back and forth, and I had it in my earbud, local radio here. Evidently, the Jacksonville Jaguars have had the Pittsburgh Steelers number for years. Even when the Steelers are good and the Jaguars are terrible, they at least cover the spread. So I, I would now look. Jacksonville is not good at all this year, and Pittsburgh's really good. But I would be terrified of that Pittsburgh Jacksonville game. After last week's uh, Jacksonville Green Bay game and the hosing I took on uh, the minus six and a half, there's no way I'm touching that game. Won't go anywhere near it. Yeah, I won't even take Jacksonville at plus ten. <laughs> no, I no, and that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even sit up there and go, "Oh, Jacksonville could pull it off." Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm not gonna die on that hill. Okay, but I would not touch that thing. What What games do you like? I like the Carolina at home against Detroit minus two and a half. Looks like McCaffrey. Uh, is going to go or looks like he could go this weekend. So obviously that changes actually since, uh, last night and this morning, it's at one and a half. So it's dropped a point. I don't I even better when I locked in. I don't even have it on mine because I think they, uh, um, I think they're waiting they just, to get the injury situated. So, so, so the one that I look at, they take it off the board anytime you know, there's a chance of that. So I actually only have about five or six lines in front of me this morning, and that is not one of them. You're saying that it's around one and a half right now? It, it went from uh, two and a half to one and a half. 
I think I think Christian McCaffrey's worth more than a point. I'll tell you that much right now. Absolutely. Um, and then you got uh, Green Bay plus two at Indy. I like that. I just uh, I don't think that Indy's the the last game we saw them against the Titans. I don't think that was indicative of who the Colts are. I just think it's how bad the Titans defense and uh, just struggling on offense right now. I also think the worst thing that could have happened to Indianapolis was Green Bay getting a scare from Jacksonville this past weekend. Their their best chance to beat Indianapolis would have been Green Bay. Excuse me. Their Indianapolis's best chance to beat Green Bay would have been the Packers blowing out Jacksonville and reading their own press clippings. You know they've heard nothing but are y'all frauds all week long up, up there in Wisconsin. Um, I don't think Minnesota giving up seven to Dallas is enough. Now, I know that they're supposed to be getting Andy Dalton back. But even when Andy Dalton played, they haven't looked that good. What was the Monday night game? Was it Arizona that he played? And they they struggled to score 10 points. I think Minnesota's going to put it on them. I definitely like the Minnesota team total. It's 27 and a half. Minnesota's playing pretty good football right now. I hate taking a Monday night team who rolls into Sunday, but they're playing pretty good football right now. There's a sense of urgency because they started off so poorly. I could definitely see Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson just each getting a touchdown plus, right? I like that one a lot. I'll tell you what, man. It's a night game, so East Coast, West Coast doesn't matter. The Rams getting four at Tampa, that's it. That's enticing. That's one I had circled. I was saving it because uh, usually I throw that one out there and you're like, Sunday only games. Well, so no, I, yeah. I, I definitely like that. And at the plus four, I've already uh, took a little stake in it. So I'm, I'm curious to watch what that one does. Here's another one I like. Atlanta's getting five at New Orleans. That's not Drew Brees playing quarterback. Right. That's Jameis Winston, who might throw for four hundred yards and four touchdowns, but he also to both might, teams, right? Exactly. He, you know, he also might. There's actually a prop bet on whether or not he's going to throw a pick six. Evidently, he's got some kind of streak against Atlanta on <laughs> on pick sixes. Pick sixes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the interdivision familiarity with him. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, he. I, I'd, I'm curious to see Jameis, but uh, I thought the Atlanta's coming is, off a bye too. Is Hill hurt? Because I thought Tyson Hill, the whole thing of keeping him around was him to be the uh, predecessor to, or the one that takes on after uh, after Breeze. So, so Taysom Hill is healthy, but what everyone believes is going to happen is you're going to get more Taysom Hill than normal. But Jameis will be the starter because they want to free up Taysom Hill to do other kind of Taysom Hill things, right? Like play in the slot, be even in the backfield, and so that's why they don't want Hill playing quarterback because they feel like it limits his his. Because uh, when Hill plays straight quarterback and he does it for a few series in a row, I'm telling you the sexiness is gone. You you, you start seeing all the holes in him and start saying, okay, well, okay, now I get why this guy didn't go very high. But when you can bring him out in a wildcat, he, I mean, he's basically a wildcat quarterback, but but 
is fairly accurate at throwing, right? So you have to right. so see he causes so many problems, and that's what they're saying that they believe is going to happen is that it's going to be Jameis's show, but it's going to be normally Taysom Hill gets around five to seven snaps a game. They think it's going to be closer to fifteen. So that's and the the one thing you're going to be dangerous about streaming Jameis for uh, DFS or year-long fantasy because of bye weeks and whatnot is that they're saying when they hit the red zone, this could be Taysom Hill show. So but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to score. It just means that he could be handing it off to Alvin Kamara, who I think might be the most talented running back in all of football. I think he's getting overlooked. I actually saw a pretty good article yesterday, uh, a, a good case for why he could be MVP of the league. I think it's become a quarterback trophy and they're not going to give it to him but you look at what Alvin Kamara is doing on the regular I think the best running back in the National Football League is is um, Dalvin Cook but the most dangerous and explosive is Alvin Kamara and the scariest is Derrick Henry because <laughs> nobody wants to get in front of that that night train <laughs> no love for C-Mac in your top three he's got to stay healthy if he's healthy but he's been hurt a lot the last couple of years. So I I have to go off of you, well, you know, I mean, when you pound the dude as much as they do, it happens. Right. He needs, which, a, he needs a better cast of characters around him, and hopefully Rule can get him that in there and extend his career. But, yeah, I, I get I get the injury, especially this season. He's he's had a rough go. And he was banged up last year, too. Um, and, honestly, I didn't think Dalvin Cook would start getting as durable as he's been. Because, hell, his first year he tore his ACL, right? And then no. – uh, it, the whole time he was at Florida State, he was battling injuries. Any other games before you leave? Uh, that's hit them all for me. Uh, that Monday night was was the last one. Here's an interesting one. It keeps creeping up by a half point every day. Houston is getting points at home against New England. I don't think New England is as good as they as that win looked. I would agree. It's a dra- driving rain. Belichick's not going to be able to scheme against Watson the way he schemed against uh, Jackson in, in a driving rain. So I I want to see that thing climb up to like four, and then I'm jumping all over. Right now, I don't know what you have, but I have two and a half right now. It, it was a pick em on uh, Sunday night. What is your uh, walk-off for the day, sir? Uh, just excited for this game tonight, uh, Cardinal Seahawks. Uh, should be a fun one, and uh, a lot of folks that don't get to see a lot of West Coast football, make sure you check in because uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the league are going at it tonight. What's your score? I think it'll be a little higher scoring. I'm going to go uh... – I think I lost you. Uh, that's okay. We'll see you tomorrow, Justin. Uh, keep it locked 34. in here on – what, what was the score? Sorry, sorry, you you had cut out. 34-31 Cardinals. I think it'll be higher scoring. I hope it's anything close to that because I got a lot of I got a lot of skin in the fantasy game with that, man. I I got guys on both sides and I'm like, I don't want to bench anybody. I'm gonna I might I might pick up Christian Kirk and freaking throw him in there. I, I think it's gonna be a shootout. I, I I think it will too. I think it's gonna be back and forth all night, kind of like the first time we saw it. All right, brother, we'll see you manana, and we'll do our six-packs. And, of course, uh, tomorrow is a college football. I've got a fun question to ask 
you and Tony and Carr, but I want to wait till tomorrow. I was going to ask you today, but it's much. It's going to be much better when when everyone can answer this. Uh, so we'll, awesome. We'll see you tomorrow, brother. See you, man. Uh, we'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in. The NBA draft was last night. What the hell do we think about that? We'll tell you in just a moment. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. We are in the middle of college football season. The NFL and the NBA draft was last night. But the big news was in Major League Baseball. New York Mets second baseman Robinson Cano tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs and will be suspended for the entire 2021 season. According to the statement by Commissioner Rob Manfred, it is the second PED suspension for Cano, who is 38 years old. He missed 80 games in 2018 after testing positive. A third strike would mean he was out of the league. The New York football giants fired offensive line coach Mark Colombo following a nasty verbal confrontation with head coach Joe Judge and have replaced him with longtime NFL assistant Dave DeGugliamo. Quote, we appreciate what Mark has done, but I felt this move is the best interest for all the team, unquote, Judd said in a statement released by the team on Wednesday. The New York Giants are on a bye. Late Tuesday night, Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder Cody Bellinger underwent surgery to repair the right shoulder he dislocated celebrating a home run in Game 7 of the NLCS. The procedure was performed by Dr. Neil Elatrachi. Tonight, we do have a college football game. Tulane Green Wave are getting six and a half at the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. The over-under is 53 and a half. But the big matchup is over in the NFL as the Arizona Cardinals getting a field goal at Seattle. The over-under 57 and a half. Chris Carson is a game-time decision but is not expected to play. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterback's on these CBS affiliates, on Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face -face and done. 
Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. I'm like Audible, huh? Audible, I'll use... Omaha! Omaha! Red Polly! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! Blue Poncho! Dilly Dilly! Rambo! Rambo! Give me curse shot here! Curse shot! You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. Dr. Japan! Richmond, New York! Richmond, Florida! Sally, Buffalo! Check! Check! Hey! Short Ox! Luna Raiders! Rick Ryan! Omaha! Come out! Let's get into the NBA draft as, uh, man, look, the one thing I know is the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to consider, continue to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. I get that Anthony Edwards checked all the, the boxes for them, but I'm just telling you from someone who watched him play in college. I don't think he's the number one player in the draft. And I really, really question that move. I'm not even sure if James Wiseman was the number one player in the draft. I believe that the number one player in the draft, strangely enough, is LaMelo Ball. And they're going to be up a creek going forward if they do not have LaMelo Ball in that backcourt. Instead, they're going to have what? What are they going to have? They're going to have Edwards back there? I just, I feel like he's a more of a raw product that's going to take longer to be able to flourish in the NBA. I feel, I've said this before, I feel like Anthony Edwards is going to be another Wiggins. A guy that's pretty talented, but he's going to need a hell of a supporting cast around him. And it's terrible news about uh, Clayton, or excuse me, uh, Clay Thompson. They're supposed to be doing MRIs on them uh, today. They're, they hope to have an answer either today or tomorrow, but they say it could be a left Achilles. And so that would that would shut them down for the year. And it's awful news. But I think Golden State got a lot better last night with James Wiseman because he is what they needed. I get that Minnesota would have went for their best player available. I still think that's ball. But the rumors we were hearing was Minnesota didn't want to draft ball because of the issues that him and uh, that his family had with D'Angelo Russell. All right. Well, then maybe you trade D'Angelo Russell 
because I really think Lavella Ball is going to be the best ball of of his entire family. And I also can't wait for Michael Jordan, who drafted Ball, to run into his dad and say, "So, you think you could beat me one on one? Ain't gonna turn out well for you there, Lavar." I think your uh, I think your alligator mouth overloaded your catfish ass on that one. I'll just put it that way. Michael Jordan does not forget certain things, but at least he didn't hold it against his son and grab who I think is probably the most dynamic player. And look, let's not let's not shy away from the fact that the kids that are going overseas and playing in the Australian leagues and the European leagues, they're coming back and, and they're more rounded players. And I think ball is going to be the first one. That's going to be dynamic from the go. And you're going to see more kids head to places like Australia. It might be difficult this season because of the coronavirus and when we're going to get the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm talking about long-term you could start seeing kids who say, I don't want to go play at Kansas for a year. I want to go make a few bucks and learn my craft over in Australia. How much cooler of a setting is that anyways? You get to go play in Australia or Italy or France as opposed to somewhere in the middle of who the hell knows where, Kansas? Or even North Carolina. It's a cool experience for the kid. He goes over there for six or eight months. He sees what the real world is. He grows up. He grows up a lot faster than living in a dorm. Where everything's handed to you. So I I think it's going to be something that's going to become a thing. Until the NBA and college basketball get together and say, look. You can go straight from high school to college or you sign on with the college and you do it for two years. But the one and done is the dumbest rule in all of sports. I think I think baseball should go to that. I think the fact that baseball goes, you either go to high school or you go to play college for three years. I think three years is a little bit of a disservice to the kids. Especially nowadays, when they came up with that rule three decades ago, kids did not come into the major leagues as early as they do. You were like 24, 25 as a rookie normally. Today's baseball, you can be 18, 19, 20 years old walking as a rookie. So I would like to see it change for both baseball and basketball. Split the difference and go from three to two in baseball, go to one to two in basketball. Football still needs to be three years. It's just it's too physical of a sport. It's too brutal. What 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 could be dangerous road that you would see is that they would kowtow and cater to it because the other sports do it, and you start getting some of these young kids getting major injuries at 19, 20 years old. I don't want to see that in the NFL. I also don't want to see 19, 20 year olds try to play in the National Football League. I don't think it I don't think it works out well for anyone involved, not just the kid. But I think it's a terrible idea for the franchise. I don't want to have to make the decision if I'm a general manager and a kid, 
a talented kid like last year, like Trevor Lawrence is coming out, and I've got to make the decision on whether or not I should spend a first-round draft pick in a four-year contract to sign this kid when he's essentially going to have to sit for a year because he's not physically mature. I like the three years for for football, but I think baseball and basketball need to go too. Okay, the draft itself, go over go over some some teams that uh well first of all, let's go ahead and hit hit the uh the Miami Heat. Um they had one pick. Precious Ashawa from Memphis, power forward, and look, this is a Miami Heat team that's just loaded. So anything they add is just a plus. They can't they couldn't have lost the draft. But I think Precious as what I mean, what a name, what a name to give a, a, a male. I mean, really? Come on. Can we not do better than this? But Precious I gotta come up with a nickname for this kid. I can't call some grown man precious. But anyways, uh maybe it's precious. Can we call him precious? Uh precious. Um physically he is elite. He's obviously a raw talent, but I think he's a guy that could be able to contribute off the bench. So I really liked the pick from the Miami Heat. It just adds more length to their bench. Six foot nine. He's got a great wingspan, athletic. He's a guy that can come off the bench and really help, you know, spell some minutes when guys like Jimmy Butler and company want to need a breather. And then you see what the kid turns out to be in the, for, for the next few years. Remember, these, these rookie contracts in the NBA are ridiculous. They're like eight years sometimes. It depends on if you if you re-up and whatnot, but it can be up to eight years. So Getting a six foot nine kid with all the athletic ability in the world, I, I think it's a great move move by them. The Boston Celtics they went with Aaron uh, Nesmith of Vanderbilt. He is a six foot six shooting guard. He is what I like about him. First of all, he's got like a seven foot man's wingspan, and he's an above average athlete. But he went to Vanderbilt, so you know he plays smart. But the thing that they kept pointing to all pre-draft and post-draft is that they think Nesmith might be the best shooter in the entire draft. And look, he only played 14 games at Vandy because he had a stretch fracture in his foot. So you worry about whether or not he's injury prone, but you have to put that aside because it's the one injury. Okay. But looking at him as a raw talent, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. And he's young, six foot six. He's probably not done growing. A lot of people think that he's going to get to around six eight. So you move on from that with Boston. I really liked that pick. And then the next pick they got, I felt like this was a great bench player to draft. Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. If you've not watched Oregon basketball over the last few years, Peyton Pritchard, the best way I can put to him, he is a bulldog. He will show up every single practice and fight through screens. He will D up his man and stay in front of his man at an elite level for a college basketball player. You hope it transitions into the NBA. 
I think Peyton Pritchard was a great move. That of course the Desmond Bain move, they're moving him. He's he's a uh, getting traded, but but the uh, the pick is interesting because Bain was looked upon as one of the better shooters as well. The Grizzly got him. Now, I don't have in front of me what they gave up, but because that's still being debated through the office, so th- there's a couple of rumors, but I'll leave that out of the out of the, the mix. But the Grizzlies got him, and for the Memphis Grizzly fans out there, you got a guy who's going to be a pretty good shooting guard that can look. You you put him and John ja Morant in the same backcourt, you might have something for the next several years. So I really like that move there. Um, the Celtics ended their draft night with Yam Madar, six foot two point guard. The only thing I'll say about this is, look, I like the picks that the Boston got, but I would have liked to have seen them go a little bigger. Their biggest question mark that they had going into this is that they needed like a power forward or a center type, which don't exist like they used to, but they needed a big man to at least be able to come off the bench. And that's not what they got. They went out and they, they signed, I mean, they, they drafted a, a small forward and two point guards. So that's a little concerning for me, but all in all, I, th- I think it was a solid draft by the, by the, Celtics. I think a lot of Celtic fans would have liked to have seen them put all those draft picks together to get one of the bigger names at the top of the draft. Just didn't work out that way. Now, there's no telling if they turned things down or was it a situation where teams are starting to realize what I've been saying for years. There's about five guys that are going to be dynamic in every draft. And then you've got about 15 guys that are going to be immediate contributors. And then once you get past that, they're practice players, they're bench players that might come in and scrubs and pickups. But in the NBA season, especially this coming season, where there is no real off season, there's going to be such a small window to develop anybody that anyone you draft is probably future down the road. For Boston, for Nesmith, as as big as everyone is on him, he's probably not going to be a main contributor this year. The Lakers, by the way, drafted uh, Jaden McDaniels out of the University of Washington. A lot of people are high on him. He's 6'10", 200 pounds. It just gives him more depth. For size, he's he's not that dynamic when it comes to scoring. But honestly, I would have liked to have seen seen the Celtics get something like that. Moving on from that, uh, so, some of the other teams that the you know that jumped out at me, uh, good and bad. Um, I did not like what the Brooklyn Nets did, Sadiq Bay and, and Jay Scrub. Uh, I just, I felt like that that was a very, very weak draft. I liked what Charlotte did. Look, I said that I was a big fan of LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to be very fun to watch. And Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. Probably people are, are not that familiar with him, but six foot ten, 
and he is physically imposing in the paint. So I really like what what a Charlotte did. The the Bulls were interesting. They grabbed Patrick Williams at the top from Florida State at number four overall. I think he's going to be a good player, but he's a project. He really is. He is your prototypical. If you are trying to draw up what you want a forward to be in the NBA in the in the in the 2020s, Patrick Williams is your guy. Six eight. 225, he's filled out, he's physical. But he's a very raw offensive player at this point. So I'm a little on the on the I'm on the fence when it comes to him uh short term, but I think long term he could be a very good player. And you know, be honest with you, that might be what they're looking for because the Bulls are such a young team, it doesn't matter if they go out and suck this year. Because that just means you go out and you get another young dynamic player next year. You're building to for the long term. So I I liked the, the move by Chicago. I thought Williams would fall a little further. Uh, Sean and I talked about it yesterday. We thought that there could be a good chance he could end up in Detroit, but that was not the case. Um, Isaac Okoro from Auburn went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's a good player. But he's had his injury issues. And so I'm that's the only thing that concerns me about Okoro. But overall, I think he's a good play. He, he's the only pick, by the, by the way, that they had in Cleveland. Uh, Dallas went with Josh Green, a good raw talent from Arizona. I know a lot of folks probably haven't watched him play. I do watch a lot of college basketball. He was a name that kept popping up during the season as far as being just a great physical guard. He's six foot six. But he does not have elite offensive skills at this point. He's, he, he is definitely what you would call a project. Um moving on from that, we you know, we talked about Golden State. I do think that James Wiseman is going to be a great player. This sucks for for the Warriors. Though. They might have to go yet another year without their star, Clay Thompson. But if they've got Curry and they've got Draymond Green, James Wiseman is going to help them be a little more formidable, and they should at least not be a doormat. I was really lo- looking forward to seeing Golden State getting their guys back. Uh, the Rockets... Did not have a pick. We're still waiting to find out what happens with him, with him, with them, and uh, the what Westbrook and freaking James Harden want the hell out of there. The the Clippers went out and got Reggie Perry, He's a center from Mississippi State. They got him late in the second round. Just you never expect anyone from the second round to be much. Uh, R.J. Hampton. He six foot five guard went to the Milwaukee Bucks. People are really big on him. He's he, he you know he projects out to be like a combo guard, but nothing that's going to light your fire, so to speak. Same thing with. Eh, we'll move on from the Pelicans. I don't really like what they did realistically. Uh, the Knicks, Abi Toppin. 
from Dayton. A lot of people like him. He's an explosive leader, good solid size, runs the floor hard. That's what you love about him. But he lacks versatility on the defensive end. A lot of people are comparing him to Amari Stoudemire. So I, if he if he can have half the career Amari Stoudemire had, then that's not a bad pick. Um, we go, go ahead and put a cap on this real quick because we're going to get back into some other things. But uh, real quick, I think Tyrese Maxey going to the 76ers, he is a very talented player. I'll be interested to see what he did. And the Sixers ended up with five picks. The steal of the draft, I think, is Tyler Bay of Colorado, the power forward that, that went to the Sixers. I really liked what they did there. Really think that that's going to be underrated. And then San Antonio, I liked what San Antonio did as far as getting younger and athletic in the backcourt. They grabbed Devin Vassell from Florida State. We've talked about him before. He's he's just he's a scorer, is what he is. He's a he's a flat out scorer. And then they went and cop and uh, coupled that with Trey Jones. Remember how big of a prospect he was a couple of years ago, and he came back and he kind of had a down year at Duke. But Trey Jones, they get him in the second round. So they just added two young stud guards, a full backcourt. The ACC Players of the Year backcourt to San Antonio for the next several years. Now, how long pop coaches? I don't know. But if they can learn stuff from him and move on from that, I think this could be a, a very important draft for the San Antonio Spurs. Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, 2020. I do believe we're going to circle back to this years later and say that that was a hell of a draft. Those are only two picks. But I, I think that's going to be one hell of a draft for them. And the Washington Wizards... They get one guy from Israel, one guy from the Czech Republic. Who the hell knows? But it can't hurt because what they've been doing hasn't worked. So might as well try to get some talent from overseas and see, and just and just see what you can do, right? Anyways, uh, let's get take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into what's happening along with fantasy football Thursday and the AP top 25 college basketball. We'll scan over that real quick. We'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS sports radio. I don't return fruit. Fruit's a gamble. I know that going in. Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, but are also looking for friendly service? Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks.
Armchair Quarterback Radio is AFC South Country, all NFL season long. They hand it off for Ned. He's driving, and he's in for the touchdown. Wow! Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room, and they get that in. Plenty more. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Second and 10. Empty set. Walk downfield. And that is Hilton again. First and goal. Ebron. What a year for him. Eric Ebron. Touchdown. Pulled. Slant. Caught. Touchdown. Marquise Lee. And he punts the ball into the stands. Deep. And he's got it. Keelan Cole. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Stay locked in to the AFC South on Armchair Quarterback Radio. Air quality is at an all-time low. But hey, that doesn't mean you can't have a little fun. New from Mattel, it's the Greenhouse Gas Gun. Do you hate the snowman next door? Use the Greenhouse Gas Gun. Want to piss off an entire room full of tree huggers? Use the Greenhouse Gas Gun. There is simply no end to the amount of fun and respiratory disease you can have with the Greenhouse Gas Gun. Armchair. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show. Your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Take me, babe, whenever some sweet talking girl comes along. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com, listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. This is what friendship means to me. Having so much crap on someone that they can't ever reveal the crap they have on you. Do you like to drink a cold one on the weekend? Do you want to say I'm sorry or I love you, but you don't know how? Well, this is country music, and we do. So turn it on. Welcome back to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We are riding shotgun here with you, and uh, looking at a lot of things that are going on in the world sport, the world of sports. Let's go ahead and real quick get into what is happening. Chubba Purdy uh, clavicle out for the season. Jordan Travis will start for Florida State against Clemson. That's not going to turn out well. Uh, Clay Thompson, we talked about this a little while ago. A right leg injury. The severity is unknown. We hope, we hope to hear back about that by the end of today or tomorrow. But it looks like it could be an Achilles. Remember previously he had a torn left ACL on his left leg 
This is his right leg injury, but they think it's an Achilles. Either way, it doesn't look like he's going to play this year. Um, Florida State fans, Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell go in the top 11 for the Seminoles. So really good draft for them. This Saturday, the NFL is starting brand new protocols. And what it's going to entail is, among other things, you must have a negative the previous day to be able to enter the building at your facility that morning. All meetings will be held virtual or outside. No more meeting rooms. They're doing this because Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they figure so many people are going to be, uh, well, essentially what they're worried about is that so many people are going to be gathering that they don't want it to implode. So they're doing this pre-Thanksgiving weekend, and they hope everyone stays safe. But you know there's going to be issues because you know people are going to get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas and the way that they've gone just bonkers with contact tracing I think we're going to get a lot a lot of delays cancellations it's going to ruin your fantasy football league it's going to ruin your Sundays in some points but it's going to happen and that's why I think we're going to get to a 16 team playoff like they have outlaid because the, the honest engine is there's not much of a chance of them doing it any other way because the honest engine thing that comes off of this is they're going to be overly cautious and because they're overly cautious, you're going to get delays and you are going to get a lot of other issues and you're not going to, I just think we're going to get about five or six games that don't get played and you're going to have uneven schedules and they're not going to try to replay them. They're just going to go off a winning percentage. It's going to piss some people off because you're going to get teams eliminated that are going to have a strong argument that say, Hey, if we could have just played this game against the jets, or if we could have just played this game, against whoever, the Redskins or whatever, we would have won. And I don't know why the NFL is in such a damn hurry to get to the playoffs. I don't know why they don't just go ahead and extend a week or two to get all the games played in. NFL fans will watch. They will. You think the NFL fan is going to abandon you because this Super Bowl is played in late February? early March as opposed to early February? Hell no. They don't care. NFL is king and stretch it out. It's only good for your product, but anyways, they feel like they have to get the hell out of it and get get get, get to the next season as quickly as possible. So that's what so that's what we're dealing with and I think we're going to end up with a lot, a lot of cancellations and so just get ready for that, y'all. Just get ready for it because it's going to happen. Um, real quick, college basketball 
was going to go over their AP Top 25 because the season is getting rolling here very, very shortly. And by the way, we'll talk more about this tomorrow, but the MLS playoffs, it begins tomorrow. That's why I've got the Orlando hat on. Uh, Orlando plays tomorrow. Not No. I don't have it in front of me. Orlando and Nashville are playing Friday and Saturday night, and I can't remember which is which. I'll pull it up here one second just to clarify. But there's a game tomorrow night in the MLS, and there's a game Saturday in the MLS and I'm, that I've got uh, interest in both. Yeah, okay, Nashville is Friday night and Saturday at – it's an early game, I believe. Yeah, Saturday at noon, Orlando. So Orlando is going to play NYC and – Nashville is playing uh, Miami, so that should be a lot of fun. Look forward to that. The Nashville game's at 9 Eastern. It'll be on ESPN, too. But anyways, back to college basketball. The The rankings are out. We haven't really talked about it since the rankings came out. So I, I just want to give you a quick overview of who's who, who's hot, who's not, um, what you're looking at for this coming season. People are expecting Duke to be really good again. I know that doesn't shock anybody in the ACC and that North Carolina will bounce back. They've got a lot of big-time recruits that have came in, and we'll just see how that plays out. Who the hell knows? But um, these are what the rankings look like today. Gonzaga, remember that team was loaded last year. Gonzaga got 28 first-place votes. Baylor was right behind them at 24. They are sitting at number one in the AP poll by one point. Gonzaga and Baylor are flip-flopped in the coaches poll by two points. So that just tells you how good they think these two teams are. Villanova got 11 first place votes and Virginia actually got one. So that's your top four. Gonzaga, Baylor, Virginia, Villanova, Iowa is at number five. That's a little bit of a shock to me. You don't see Iowa ranked up high in basketball, but uh, they're supposed to have a very good team. We'll get into more of this as the, as it goes on because we're about to jump into fantasy football, but I just wanted to give you an, uh, an idea of who's supposed to be good. And obviously the season hasn't started, and we'll find out what the hell happens. I think there's a lot of teams that are underranked and some teams that are overranked, but we'll get into that down the road. Uh, probably talk talk that with Tony Agalini in the very near future. He's a big college basketball fan as well. Uh, Kansas six, Wisconsin seven, Illinois eight, Duke number nine. Why are they down as far as nine? Because even though they're loaded, they're extremely young, extremely young. Kentucky's 10, same scenario. You've got Tennessee sitting at number 12. So the Vols expect to be back. North Carolina, 16. Florida State is 21st in the AP poll. They're tied for 18th in the coaches poll. I think Florida State's going to be better than that. Leonard Hamilton has started basically a factory of incredible athletes. And by the time we get to the end of the season, Florida State will be playing really good basketball. They'll probably start off slow. But it doesn't really matter. And if we get the if we get to actually play the tournament, Florida State's going to have a good chance. I still say Florida State wins the championship last year. That team was playing incredible. If not, if nothing else, they're going to the Final Four. But that was a very, very difficult team 
to play, and they actually had a scorer in Devin Vassell, which we will see come come the NBA season. You know, how talented this kid is, but they'll they'll struggle to try to pull together some points. But they do have some recruits that they really like. Moving on from that, other big names: Ohio State is number twenty three. Michigan 25 and other receiving votes. So essentially this is where they would be ranked if it went past 25. Florida 28th and Alabama 29th. Auburn got a couple of votes. UConn got a couple of votes. And BYU got four votes. So th- there you have that. That's a real quick over oversee of college football. I know it's little excuse me college basketball it's a little early we haven't even seen a game yet we'll get more into that as the season gets rolling i cannot wait for college basketball uh, i like it much more than the nba and i'm uh really looking forward to this season and i hope to hell whatever you got to do if you got to delay it whatever don't steal another season from these kids it wasn't right what you did to them last year It wasn't right what you did to the college baseball teams, the college softball teams, the women's basketball teams. You could have paused for about a month, came back and played in bubble seas, and you would have been fine. It was a knee-jerk reaction and a terrible job done by the powers that be, and they tried to do it to football, but this ACC, the SEC, And the Big 12 said, not on my watch. And eventually the Big 10 and the Pac-12 got their head out of their ass and came with them. And when they came with them, that's when you got Mac football back. That's when you got everything else back. It's not fair to these kids. They can't go back and relive their senior year, their junior year, et cetera, in college sport. I don't even care if you say, well, we're not going to count it against you this year. Blah, blah, blah. You can't go back in time and relive those those moments. If you're a senior and you're not an NBA prospect and there's no chance of you being an NBA prospect, you're probably not coming back for your senior year. That was your one chance to have one last run at it, right? It's 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 just it's terrible what they did to him. Okay, fantasy football tonight. Looking at some of the matchups, some of the guys you want to make sure you're in. Obviously, if you got Russell Wilson or you have Kyler Murray, you got to get him in your lineup. If you have both of them in, that's a good problem to have. I would say Kyler Murray probably has the bigger game because he's going up against the worst defense. Chris Carson, we are looking to find out for sure around 4 o'clock Eastern, so you're going to have to stay tuned in, but it does not look like he's going to play. So I would say get him out of your lineup, and if you find out last minute he's going to play, put him in. But if he's in your lineup, get him out because you're going to forget, and then you're going to be stuck with some guy who gets you a big, fat goose egg. So get him out of your lineup right now. Go back and reevaluate it later on. Um, who, does, who do they turn to? They don't think Carlos Hyde is going to play. If he does, it's going to be very sparingly. So it's probably going to be DJ Dallas, but he was being vultured by Travis Homer. If you've got any kind of an option at running back for this weekend, try not to play the Seattle backfield because it's going to be too volatile and too... I think Russell Wilson is going to have to pass his way to a victory 
So there's not going to be much of a running game anyways. And so at that point, you're hoping that the dump downs get get into a big number. But my God, even with Tyler Lockett unlikely to play, they've got a lot of weapons in Seattle. They're not likely to pull dump downs. They're just not. So anyways, moving on from that, the running back situation in Arizona, I'm telling you, if I have a choice, I'm putting Edmonds in. He does get involved in that passing game, and I feel like he would be the one that, 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 you know, that I would lean on. I just would. At the same token, with the, with the wide receivers in this coming game, Look, obviously, Arizona, if you've got D-Hop, you put him in every freaking week. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Christian Kirk, I like him. I think he's got a chance to have a fairly big game. You know, He's being projected in a lot of leagues to get double digits. We're talking about 10 points, 11, 12. I think Christian Kirk could have a big game. Larry Fitzgerald would be one that you would slide in there. If you're hoping to him to get in the end zone, he's not going to get the yards he used to have. Larry Fitzgerald is a shadow of his former self, but Larry Fitzgerald can sneak into the end zone. But if you're in a deep league, you're on, you have a bunch of buys. You're looking at someone to stream. Larry Fitzgerald could get you a handful of points, especially if it's a PPR league. Yeah. He's going to get about five targets. And if he can turn that into 40 to 50 yards and somehow sneak in the end zone, it's not a terrible play. But this is obvious guys that are that you are quote unquote desperate move. I guess it would be the best way. Tyler Lockett once again on on the uh, Seattle side. I just don't think he's going to play. Everything that I'm reading he well let me rephrase that. Coach Pete Carroll is saying he, that he, he thinks he'll play. But it, will he be at a pitch count? I don't know, and that that's what scares me about Lockett. And even when Lockett isn't on a pitch count, he has a way of disappearing. Now, if he's good to go and they give him the green light and we hear more analysis throughout the day and they say that his injury is not that bad, Benching him against the Arizona Cardinals would be extremely dangerous, and I'll tell you why. They played that first time. By the way, I was right. The score was 37-34. Uh, they lost, but he had 20 targets, 15 receptions, 200 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. That would be very, very hard to bench. But you've got to pay attention to what's going on with the injuries. Because I'm a little gun shy when I see an injury on a Thursday night. I don't even know if I have. I think I've got two shares of Tyler Lockett. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look at that. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that. Because you, you don't want to bench him if he's healthy. If this is all just a ruse. Going up against a team that just gave him, that gave up two hundred yards receiving to the guy. But if they're saying he's hobbling around and trying to and not looking good, then you start getting worried that a guy like David Moore is going to go in there and and take 
take uh, yards from him. Remember, David Moore had 54 yards receiving against Seattle with the healthy Lockett last time. And you obviously start DK Metcalf. I know Metcalf did not have a great game last time. He had, what, two catches for 23 yards. He used more of as a decoy. I've got to figure that Arizona is going to be more focused on shutting down Lockett this time, and so that's going to open it up for DK Metcalf. I know he had a bad game against the Rams, but I just I can't I can't bench DK Metcalf. That is usually not Metcalf's fault. That's usually the scheme that they've drawn up. So there you have that. That's and I'm not starting other defense. By the way, not don't don't start other defense. The the defenses are terrible. They're going to give up a boat ton of points, yards. Do not start either defense. Uh, as far as the tight end position goes, Seattle, it's pretty much a non-starter for me. I'm very, very skeptical on starting any tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. Trying to see if they have any kind of situation where now, now, even in the previous matchup they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything, so I would not start a Seattle tight end. And then as far as on the other spectrum for Arizona, it's pretty much more of the same. I mean, you've got, what, Max Williams. They pretty much run without tight ends. Dan Arnold got four targets, four catches for 34 yards last week. That's the kind of junk you're going to get from an Arizona tight end. He did have two catches for 57 yards, but no touchdowns. Are you losing any sleep by missing out on that? I'm I'm steering clear of the Arizona tight end. So there you have that. And I think, I think that's taking us towards the end of the show here as uh, we're going to go and hit up another... Uh, should be a great game tonight. Should be an absolute barn burner. I'll be very disappointed if we get some defensive slugfest. I don't mind defense, but when it's Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson, I'm going to have my popcorn ready. I'm going to be ready to watch a big-time exciting game. I'm going to be a little ticked off if we end up with something that just puts me to sleep. And the and the the college football game is unwatchable. Tulane. I mean, if you're a Tulane graduate, okay, fair enough. But for the rest of us, I'm locked into the NFL tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, turn back time and get the hell out of here. On another, uh, here we go. Sorry, I heard that heard that turn down. On this date, 1951, Roy Campanella was named National League MVP. He's considered to be one of the greatest catchers in the history of the game, but unfortunately, his career was cut short in 1958 when he was paralyzed with an in an automobile accident. We lost Roy Campanella at age 71 and 93, but still one of the, uh, you know, my mom grew up a big, big 
Dodger fan, and she, he's still one of her favorite players. Um, it was towards the end of his career that he got in the, in the auto accident that crippled him, but it was just it was so devastating to everybody because when you see. Well, I don't want to name any athlete in particular because you could put bad juju on him. But you see an athlete in his prime. I get it. He was towards the end of his prime. But you see an athlete who can do the impossible that you could never do, and he's taken down by a car wreck. It scares the living hell out of you. I doubt he was wearing a seatbelt. That wasn't very common back in those days. But that's not really the point of that story. The point is... Roy Campanella was an American hero to a lot of Dodger fans for a lot of reasons. And he won the MVP on this date. Birthdays! It's your birthday today. By the way, by the way if Roy Campanella would have lived this long, he'd be 99 years old today. It's also his birthday. Isn't that something? Um... Other guys, Ted Turner, the founder of CNN and once the owner of the Atlanta Braves and the winner of the America's Cup in 1977, Ted Turner is 82 years old today. Michael Wilbon, whether you love him or hate him, Michael Wilbon, I actually thought he was older than this. Michael Wilbon is 62 years old today. I thought Wilbon was damn near 70. But happy birthday to Wilbon. He can infuriate you with some of his nonsensical takes, but they are entertaining on PTI, and I still watch it to this. It's one of the few things I still watch on, on ESPN. It's just It's not what it used to be, but I do try to catch PTI. I've even gotten to where I can't around the horn has nauseated me for years. The people that they put on there, uh, I'm not gonna tear anyone apart on it, but I'm not a big fan of around the horn. I watch PTI. I, I try to watch it every day. I, honestly, I probably catch it twice a week, but if that, but uh, I try to watch it every day. And uh, PTI, really, really good. By the way, 43 years old today. Carrie Strug, remember the American gymnast? She was the famous one that got injured in the 96 Olympics. She's 43. That is so hard for me to believe because I felt like she was a child when we saw her. She must have been a lot older than I realized because since 96, I'd have made her like 19 years old. I thought Carrie Strug was like a 14-year-old when she got injured. Carrie Strug, 43 years old. Ryan Howard, Phillies, 41 years old. Larry Johnson. Remember him, Penn State, Arizona Cardinals, 41 years old. John Ford Griffin, remember him, Florida State, got drafted by the Yankees. Never turned out to be what he He was like one of the best left-handed hitters in college baseball history and then just didn't do anything past that. He's 41 years old. I felt like I feel like he should be younger. Some of these guys, when you don't see them for a long period of time, you forget. Patrick King, by the way, uh, is 32 we're gonna get out of here have a great thursday night football man i can't wait cardinals seahawks we'll talk about it tomorrow and we'll look towards the weekend with tony agalini 
Justin Waller and Matt Carr should be a great show tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs> Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. haven't downloaded it yet your armchair quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today google android apple iphone that's right download it tap that app today you can take the armchair quarterbacks app anywhere free to download free to use and important to have download it today tap that armchair quarterbacks app the best in southeast sports talk listen live or catch the replay i kind of like that i want to tap that